for the sake I mean, of... they did it with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and that worked out all right. Yeah, it worked out great, didn't it? Didn't it, Dan? <laughs> it was really good. Didn't it? Yeah. Hey, Dan. Yeah. What OGs? <laughs> fuck you. Let's start with this again. <laughs> Fucking what OGs, bollocks. Don't give me this. I'm not... Not Whenever you mention Guardians 2, I'm having you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Just fuck you. Hello and welcome to Orion Pictures Month here on Full Starts Podcast. Uh, Orion Pictures, the company that bought us Robocop, Dances with Wolves, Platoon, Silence of the Lambs, Adam's Family, First Blood, so many great films. And earlier in the month, we in our foreplay episode, we reviewed the new Terminator movie, also once an Orion Pictures product. And here we are once again reviewing what is truly Orion Pictures' magnum opus. Remo Williams, the adventure begins. As ever, I'm joined by my hetero life mates, Dan. Hello. And Ashley. All right. Gentlemen, please do tell me, what's your favourite stationery shop? That's pretty easy, WH Smith. I mean, I, I could go with that for, like, your standard stuff if you need, oh, I need a box of 50 pens. That's where I get my left-handed scissors from, so that's nice. Oh, because you're all freaks, aren't you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this podcast is not representative of the population at large. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm quite a fan of Paper Chase, to the point I have a Paper Chase gift card, or loyalty card thing. <laughs> you, uh, but I go in there like once a year because I think... I might like a new notebook. But is it your favourite stationery shop? It's my it's currently most... your favourite because you get in there and get the child discount still. Do they have a child discount? I've been using the wrong card, mate. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just see I see lots of school kids in Smiggle. I'm like, guess that's stationery for kids? Yes. Yeah, he's cute. And... <laughs> I've got a to-do list. It's got flowers on it. That's nice. That's yeah. very pretty. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Flowers and unicorns. WH Smith. Paper chase. There we go. Mine is HMV because all shops are stationary. They're buildings. Do the theme tune. I just have to say I don't appreciate that pun, but yeah, I appreciate you, that you went for it. You appreciate it a I little like, bit. I appreciate you? that you I like went it. for you it. You like it a little bit. No, a little bit. It also works with your favourite mobile shop. Oh, but <laughs> none of them are mobile. They're buildings. Lewis. That's not true. That crepe and donut shop that sometimes pops up in the shop, town near it? me. It's a it restaurant. Is. The world is revolving. <laughs> you can't sit down in it. That'd be very rude. The world is revolving at 20 million miles an hour. If Eric Idle was right, he's probably mm-hmm. not. Was he right? Probably not. He I was. No, he actually was. He was highly, really researched that song he did in Monty Python. He did. Uh, anyway, Remo Williams, directed yeah. by Guy Hamilton. Uh, director of Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever. I was going to say, I recognise that name. Uh, it was written by Christopher Wood, who wrote uh, two crap Bond movies. Mm-hmm. So we've got a director of four good Bond movies, writer of two crap Bond movies. Which Bond movies? I'm not a fan of Diamonds. Do you, you have that down? I don't know. I didn't make a note of that. I just remember that they were crap. Okay. Um, it's probably... Moonraker. It might have been Moonraker. Um, Octopussy? Uh, no, what was the one before Moonraker? Where Jaws turns up. Uh, oh, um, Pre-Moonraker. There you go. Anyway, this this isn't the point I want to make, okay? Because the writer, Christopher Wood, also wrote uh, the British porno fast movies 
Confessions of a window cleaner, confessions of a oh. pop performer, confessions of a driving instructor, and confessions of a holiday camp. And if you don't know what these films are... You're lying. You are li- <laughs> Number one, it. you're lying, yes. Number two, go and YouTube it, because this is what porn was in the 70s and, <laughs> and the early 2000s on Channel 5. There, there is something super fucked up slash so, like psycho killer levels to like 70s porn music. Oh, like... Like, some of it is like, oh, am I going to get murdered now, or, or what? I mean, if you've ever seen Confessions of a Window Cleaner or any of the Confession series, you'll know what the lead looks like, because he has a face that sticks in your memory. But, like, it's... Because he sees a pair of boobs through a window as he's watching it, and he gurns like... Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you think old... Think a... Sev- like, think, uh, think Englishman think in think the Ernie. 70s. That's what he looked like. I think Ernie. Yeah. Anyway, Remo <laughs> Williams, uh, based off a series of books, The Destroyer series of books, uh, has over 150 titles. What? Yeah. There are 150 Destroyer books. So the movie uh, has... America's a... favourite, apparently, according to the opening credits. Yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever you say there. You say buddy. whatever you want in opening credits. Uh, the movie the movie has a lot... Number one in Botswana. ...of source <laughs> material to borrow from with 150 novels to pull from instead this movie is an adaptation of the concept of the destroyer novels ashley you yes. have your hand raised nice and politely if he's got 150 stories why didn't this one have one <laughs> <laughs> this is a good question elaborate <laughs> we'll get there yeah. i mean not to spill the beans too early but guys what do you think of the movie went nowhere like the first half, I was it's like, "It's a nuts film." It's really bad, isn't it? It's real bad. <laughs> it's real bad. I, I made I made a mistake of rewatching the trailer, and then I I could not then go and watch the film for two days because I cannot. The watch The trailer it. had so much promise when we watched it. No, what because happened? it's got the action scenes, which are like a man slowly soft punching, <laughs> a man jumping into sand. Oh, we'll get into the minutia of it. <laughs> we'll get we'll get into the minutia. Uh, we'll get this, into it this now. Film, this film has a decent soundtrack that lasts ten seconds, and then every now and then they just bring it back. Yeah, this <laughs> I have. I have this note. I have. <laughs> yes. It kept reminding me of something. What was it? Uh... That. And then it stopped while the action was continuing. <laughs> it is stupid. <laughs> It rem- I can't remember what movie it reminded me of, but it reminded me of like uh, this this one other tune. I think I think it was a tune for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I'm not sure. I could be crazy. Oh, do you mean like? Um, I yeah, think, I think I know. You can hear it, but all you can hear now in your head is the Remo Williams theme. No, actually, that's, that's all I will ever hear in my head. That's for the actually, rest sorry, of my that's life. not actually the Remo Williams theme. Whenever I try and recall a song, any song, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Is this the real life? <laughs> I mean, it's it's that it's that prevalent that my my first note here at one minute and seven is holy shit that music cue. Let's clip it up and stick it in right here, shall we? Just so everybody sure. knows yeah, what I'll we're talking about for the rest. The music in these opening credits does—they it doesn't know what it wants to be. 
but neither do the images that the music goes with. It's just no, true. here's New York at night, and then the music's trying to be like something's happening. It's going to be good, and you're like, no. Well, then the music in the opening credits is sort of like an overture. Yes. Except yeah. that, like, the majority of the music used in the opening credits doesn't come back in the rest of the movie. No, the only, the only sting that happens in the rest of the movie is the Remo Williams sting. I think, I think they lost it on the cutting room floor. They were playing about with it. And then they're like, oh, shit, we've only got 10 seconds left. The rest is on the floor somewhere, I've, and I can't be fucked to find it. I've written down all the styles of music the overture goes through, right? It starts off as a quiet thriller, and then it's an East Asian action movie. <laughs> yes. Then it's Police Academy at one point, and then it's a horror film, and then it's synth pop, then it's softcore pornography and Police Academy <laughs> again. And then there's a military march with gunfire, and then it's back to a mix between Police Academy and Superman, and then we're done. And no word of a lie, it lasts three fucking minutes. Yeah, all yeah. over skyline oh, no. shots of just blue and black nighttime. I, I Somewhere between three and 47 minutes this overture lasts. Like, it I went, went on through, forever. Like, the opening, because I was like... It's such a weird opening of like, here's like literally a three minute song that you didn't know where, like, it's like, well, we need to put this somewhere. So here we go. Here's three minutes of it. Like, like uh, and then you actually hear like sound on a radio at three minutes and seven mm. seconds. And then someone actually starts talking at four minutes and one. Like, it's, it feels like there's silence forever. Yeah. In this opening. Just dead silence. Before we get to our buddy from Tremors. Yes, mm -hmm. Fred, I was going to say uh, Fred West, but it's not Fred West, is it? <laughs> no, it's not Fred West, no. It's oh, Fred Ward. I have a note here something, Fred 5.45. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've got 5.45. Okay. I've got four minutes. Is that we are, The movie opens proper okay. on the set of every Netflix Marvel show is a New York dockyard. Yeah. With a police officer who I'm pretty sure has a fake Mario mustache bought from Smithy's joke shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could you tell it's Fred Ward in shit? It looked real bad, guys. <laughs> it's pretty it. bad. It looked real bad. I couldn't, I couldn't find this movie on Blu-ray, and I know there's been an Arrow release of what? it, but I couldn't Shocker. find it. So I'm watching it in sub, like below standard definition, like 360p. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it still looks real bad. It's so. It was. It it's was so bad. shit. Okay, so you ready for my? I oh, know. So 5:45. Suck wool. Get your feet <laughs> yes. back and spread them. Wider. I said wider. Is this cop lingo or porn? <laughs> you decide. Suck wool. Okay, get your feet back. Back and spread them. All right, wider. I said wider. All right, later on. Later on. <laughs> slipping that in. Yeah, Yo, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that is no. my exact note of 5.45, suck I've, wall. I've got it as well. Chases down a couple of street punks and tells one to suck wall and proceeds to slowly have a fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> but all we've seen of this cop so far is in a car, not really listening to his radio or, or listening to a baseball game. Yeah, baseball game. Which baseball even, game. I've, tr like, I've tried to watch baseball, right? I, I've sat up at two o'clock in the morning staring at a live baseball game going, wow, this most boring shit on earth. And even just hearing it on the radio, it sounds boring. I'm sorry <laughs> if you're a baseball fan. Why, why this, did you attempt that? Basically, I was spaced out and I wasn't paying much attention around sort of Christmas, mm. last Christmas. And yeah, it was on TV. And even then I was like, wow, this is shit. It's rounders, isn't it? Yeah. It's just big rounders. So yeah, you sit, you're sitting in the car, listening to the radio, eating a burger. No, is it a yeah, burger or yep. a donut? 
it's a burger. I thought it was a... Uh, Call it a donut. I thought, I thought it was a donut initially, but then we see it's his character trait to just constantly eat burgers. So I had to assume that's what it was. Oh, yeah, he's always hungry. Always always wants to eat yeah. food. Yeah. And he sees... Character development! So he sees a kid running past the car, and as any cop would, he goes, don't know why business, I've got a burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's not until like seven other kids run past where he goes, oh, I'll slowly crawl over, see what's going. And then he gets out and beats the fuck out some kids. Very slowly again. And yeah. then, spoiler alert, he dies. Yeah, he's like, he <laughs> yeah. gets back into his car and he's rammed, rammed, rammed into off the, the docks into the East River, I assume. Yes. Yeah. By... And then... By someone who looks like Judge Doom from <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Judge Doom with a, with a tash. So yeah, that, that bloke in the bulldozer is the one in is one of three of those secret service people that joined. Yes, from Cure. Team, technically. They were, Cure, they were yes. Team Cure. Yes, Just, he he rams them into the river. I'm assuming Cure's a... Acronym. A, a, did, any, did we find out what for? Central Unit for Researching Enemas. Pull that out your bum. That's what they do. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, at nine thirty, we're at his funeral at he, at uh, Remo Williams's funeral. Oh, yes, turns no. out this ten minutes into this movie, this character that we've been following, this police officer who we have no idea about, it doesn't have a name, is our lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, we're at his funeral. Yep, we get to press F to pay respects. Although not before Miss Piggy sits on his face while what? he's in the process of plummeting into the river. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. It's the little hula thing that he keeps his coffee in. That's Miss Piggy. It's oh, a, it yeah, looks yeah. like a shit version. That that looks like a like Chinese knockoff brand, Miss Piggy. Well, it wouldn't be the only thing in this film. <laughs> yeah, it's not the but only... Yeah, at, at the funeral, we're told he's an exemplary police officer who sets an example... That's what exemplary means. Sets an example <laughs> for for all the other cops on the squad. But again, all we've seen him do is eat burgers, sit in a car, and punch kids. Fight slowly. <laughs> Suck walls. <laughs> Suck walls. <laughs> Spread them wider. Wider. <laughs> so, 10.23. Uh-huh. I was shaving you. Yes. Really? Because you missed a big fucking area around <laughs> his mouth when you were shaving him, love. Oh, well, he woke up. He's got five o'clock fucking shadow. <laughs> He takes a while to come round. Like fucking hell. I mean, she, she must have been shaving him for at least a month. Shaving him is... from the toes up. Yeah. <laughs> she has stood over him with a straight razor. <laughs> and he's got five o'clock shot. How blunt is this fucking razor? I'm sorry, but fuck off with that shave job, love. <laughs> so yes, this is this. Out of my face. This is where Remo Williams wakes up. He's being shaved by a nurse and I was like, I I was confused. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And then it turns out this is the dead, drowned cop. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because the movie tells me they they changed his face. Yeah. Why did I say they changed? They did his a face. full on face off. They removed his face and changed it, and did fingerprint changing do, and do changed his names to literally naming after a fucking bedpan. Do you know? What, do you know? Funny though, he doesn't. I still know who that actor is, and I just went. Did they change his face? He looks exactly the same. You just took the tash off. <laughs> so uh, you're also full of shit, man. <laughs> you see, Again. I, I couldn't, I didn't think that because the guy that we spent the previous 10 minutes with was so unmemorable 
and we knew yeah. fuck all about him. Hey, come on, he was in Tremors. That I was, I was astounded when they told me this was the same bloke. <laughs> really? I didn't think it was the same bloke. I had to go because to because they changed his face. Apparently, is something you can do in 1985. <laughs> it's probably with that powerful supercomputer that comes out later. Uh, Twelve minutes and forty. I've got a note. Twelve fifty-five. Is that a uh, Carl from Die Hard? Yes, it is. Yes, it's yeah. Officer, Al Pearl. Yeah, Al from Die Hard's in this movie. Okay, and then I... he's gone, <laughs> and he's not credited. <laughs> Remo steals his ambulance. Yeah, and then I... he's gone. I have money up for grabs. There's a song that starts playing here. Very eighties cheesy sort of ballady, right? Uh huh. Can you tell me the name of that song? I'll give you a pound for the name of the song. Two pound for the artist, and three if you can tell me what band he's from. He the song is. So the song is. Love hard the night. No. I was just going for eighties terms, like eighties song uh, terms. I could yeah. think of, you know. It was it was a good shout. But... From the band is Tapau. No, I. When you say it, I'm gonna know. It's something about getting away. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it's Remo's theme. Brackets, what if? Mm. That's Remo's theme. <laughs> Not the one song they use repeatedly throughout. The artist, anyone? You got the artist? Uh, I'll be amazed if you get it. White Snake. No. Good Good ballpark, though. Uh, free. No. Uh, Cypress Hill. <laughs> I wish. I'll put you out of misery. It's Tommy Shaw. And if you don't know who he is, uh, he's the guitarist from Styx. Ah, uh, right. Well, that clears, so totally clears memorable, that up, though, right? So you, I get to keep all my money. Glad we took that detail. So is this <laughs> a song? Is this song made for the film? As far as I understand, yes. This song was made for the film, and this is the only time you're going to hear it. So <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. And then just unbuckle because you've already heard it. It's not coming yeah, again. Yeah, unbuckle because you're going to take a nice 20 mile per hour drive down the road and sit down. 15 minutes in, he, he meets up with Cure. and Yeah, we meet up with Wilford Brimley for the first time. But you're not Harold Smith. You're Wilford Brimley. <laughs> That's your name. No, he's not Harold Smith. He's Emperor Smith. <laughs> no, he's Wilford and Brimley. He's Wilford Brimley. He, he's definitely Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. And... I want you to name one thing Wilford Brimley does not do in this film. Stand Talk up. Doesn't ever stand up. <laughs> Sits in the same chair in the same room for the whole film. I'm fairly certain <laughs> Wilford Brimley did all of his scenes in half a day. Yeah. <laughs> do you, like, this would be really cruel. Do you think Wilford Brimley could have stood if they, if they asked him to? No, because or the diabetes think... took his foot. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. I gotta say that the supercomputer, <laughs> which is the worst excuse for a supercomputer I've ever seen. There are Bond films that have full-on racks of grey computer bricks with flashing LEDs on them. It's basically got a Vic fucking twenty. Yes. <laughs> and a shitty half a keyboard and an Apple II mouse. Don't forget the cyanide pills, huh? Go across town to some, some hat parlor and dem a sign up. <laughs> I wish he just brought up his noose from the thing. It's like, I finally finished my noose. <laughs> Wilford Will, 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 Will Brimley never standing up in this movie, right? I noticed that about halfway through the film. I was like, you've not stood up. 
once. <laughs> it's a character trait. And I made a bet with myself. I was like, I bet myself he never stands up in the movie. And then in like the very final scene with Wilford Brimley, like 40 seconds before the end of the movie, we cut back to him. And we learn what's happened to the bad guy. And he rocks forward like he's about to stand up. <laughs> and my heart leapt it's into my tease. throat. <laughs> I was like, not now, Wilford, no! Do you, do I had the exact same thing. Do, do you think he was wearing pads? <laughs> Why <laughs> would you? <laughs> you already see him from the waist up, right? Super, super computer emits a lot of heat. <laughs> uh, I get very sweaty groin. <laughs> you have my pants. got to take my pants off. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so I have a note at 17 minutes. Well, my, my, my note of 15 minutes here is just, they've said Remo so many fucking times. And they just it. do not stop. We only learned his name was Remo like four and a half minutes ago, and they have said it dozens and dozens of times. Because it's not a name, so they have to keep saying it to make us think it's a name. Because they named him after a fucking bedpan. But did they name him... She, serious? Yeah, did you not yeah. catch it? I can't, no. In the hospital room, he's like, oh, we've we thought of a name for We even you. gave we you no name. Of, we thought long and hard, and he's picking up a bedpan and examining a bedpan for some reason and on the back of it it says Remo Williams wow I'm assuming he's the bedpan manufacturer engraved in the bedpan it's an engraved bedpan as you so get but as, as, he, as he leaves the hospital as he leaves the hospital he's, he's got his chart at the end of the bed and it's mm. got Remo Williams written in it yeah and that was after that guy had left the room yeah so either they just coincidentally named him the same thing that he just made up at the top of his head. He's okay. a bedpan collector. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of scenarios. One, he brought that bedpan with him. That's true. Which is kind of weird. <laughs> or two, he sat at the end of the bed and just had to think really long and hard about what it would be. And then he spotted the bedpan and went, fuck it, Remo Williams will do. He's, Put that on the chart. He's got a thing about watching people get shaved. <laughs> <laughs> he's been there all along. Who doesn't? You mean shaved properly or shaved poorly? Because... It's a different kind of kink. Each each one. I won't shave him either way. So when was your next note? Seventeen minutes. Okay. Yep. So, just like I've got a few choice selections of dialogue from the movie. Don't we fucking all? Mm. <laughs> and it's, uh, I believe it's um, just when he's going in to meet the very racist caricature, which we will get to in a moment. Chien. Yes. He goes in out. Like a duck mating. So my question to you guys, I have you guys note. ever used that in casual conversation? Remember, in out, like a duck mating. You guys ever used that? No, Just because like... a duck mating is the least casual thing. Yes. It's fucking awful. <laughs> Your note here is actually at 19 minutes 05. Yes. Because I, I write, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> they pull up to a location to carry out an assassination and the handler tells Remo he's a killer. Take no chances. Remember, in and out like a duck mating. (laughs) (laughs) I just like push his head under the water and fuck him real hard. (laughs) But before that, before that, is is saying what's he expecting Remo to do? I just just want to picture like I've got this idea of him sitting in the van trying to figure out what something cool to say. He goes, yeah, like like a duck mating. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to say that to Remo. It's going to be real cool. Like the village I live in has two duck ponds. Okay. And come summertime, it's like a fucking bloodbath. It's mm. like a gladiatorial arena. <laughs> Do you go it's watch regularly there? It's horrendous. <laughs> I'm sorry, John, 
What? I want a duck, <laughs> duck John Cena. The, this you is can't gonna... rat me. <laughs> so before before the the duck mating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the handler and wow. Remo in the car, and then so the handler's like, "Yeah, you got to go in there and kill the bloke who, who's in there." And then Remo's like, "Okay, but can you tell me a bit more about Cure and what it is that we're doing?" He's like. No, there's three people in this organisation, and therefore I can't tell you anything. There are three people. Surely you should all be on the same page. No. There are not, like, hierarchies. It feels like it was started yesterday. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like a, man, a man who can't stand, a man with one arm, and a dead man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The trio of power. <laughs> you, know, you know what happened, right? The one arm just wheeled for that technology around. <laughs> <laughs> just, he's just in the same room. He's just in the room and he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I've got. You'll be our. You'll be our man in the chair, literally." <laughs> <laughs> just like push the like fucking bottle up to me. <laughs> You're a man. You are both part man and part chair. <laughs> <laughs> they all have a superpower. Remo Williams has come back from the dead. <laughs> the other guy's got a wooden arm that he can use to fend off dogs. And Wilford Brimley's part chair. <laughs> I knew you guys would enjoy the movie. <laughs> <I'm fine>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Yeah, you got a break. Oh my lord. Oh. 21.30. 20 minutes we're introduced to Chun. Chun, that's his name. He's an elderly Korean man. And if you think Is he? he... Is he if though? you think he sounds a little off, it's because he's played by a 50-year-old white dude called Joel. Oh... And if you, th- if you thought he couldn't dodge bullets, you're wrong. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. can. 2130, I've just got Matrix shit right here. Look at this. Put <laughs> <laughs> the Wachowski's to shame. Oh, and, and what does he that... He slightly to the left. Oh, yeah, by, by the way. He's to shame, mate. By the way, this Joel fella, I don't know if you guys knew, but before he signed up to the film, didn't know any martial arts. Wow. <laughs> I, did, I did know that. <laughs> He's, he's, he's one. I didn't did know that because he moves with all the grace and fluidity <laughs> of a 50 year old man in shit tons of latex. Yeah. <laughs> like a duck mating. Apparently, his, <laughs> his one condition was I'll do it if you can make me look convincingly Korean. And this is, this That's is not what happened. Convincingly happens. Korean. Let me drop the bomb, guys. This makeup was Oscar nominated. Yes. Fuck Oscar up. nominated. And what's the other one? Not Academy Award. <laughs> do, 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 Grammy. Do, do. Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor for White Korean Man. <laughs> Nominated again. But still, Hollywood, problem, let's yes? Just, let's just put, let's take a moment and put a few clips here of just how Chun sounds in this movie. You move like a pregnant yak. What are you staring at? You can't see. I can't see. <laughs> what are you wearing those for? I wear glasses so that I may see more. You are deaf. I have been stomping around here for 10 minutes while you talk nonsense with this woman. Okay. Right here. There is, at 23.15, I have a particular quote 
Oh yeah, go on. That's um, mm-hmm. that our protagonist. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the man who we're meant to be on side yeah. with. Oh, I'm gonna say this, and it's it's horrible. So please, I'm just repeating what yep, he Dan, says. So I apologise. To be clear, everybody, Dan is quoting a movie here. I am quoting a movie. He says, "I'll show you chop socky, you sawed off little runt." It's real I've never bad. heard racism what? like that before. That wasn't in the film. He said, nice to meet you, fine young gentleman. <laughs> like, Dan, you disgust me. Like, I've never That's come what a- happens when you watch it on digital. <laughs> I've never come across someone dressing up as a Korean before to be racist. I've never come across Korean racism, I'm guessing this is. So this is new to me. This is, this is new racism. Chopsaki is racist against the wrong type. It's oh, really, <laughs> I guess. It's real bad. I mean, it's just offensive to... All of Asia, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, I also have the the thingy. Oh, he's Korean, and seeing Korean race, uh, racism makeup is new to me. <laughs> That's good because it's new. We should give it a pass. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty seven minutes is my next note. Is that, dear listeners, if you thought this movie couldn't get more racially insensitive than that, uh, the actor playing Chiun does swap his L's and R's. So yes, you know. Rest assured, we can get worse. Yeah, he, he it totally... does. It gets leery, leery bad, doesn't it? <laughs> he he runs the gamut across all places of Asia, and you know, just parts of Spain as well. There's just <laughs> like we haven't even got to the worst bits from him. No, we're we're less than half an hour into this two-hour movie. Twenty-five minutes. I, I just I just want to say I just want to say here that the Chian stuff, when we when we first meet him. You do have an initial "whoa, what the fuck" sort yep. of sense of enjoyment, but that wears off fast. real fast, really fast. But the reason, the reason why this exists, like theoretically, from what I found, is it comes out a year after Karate Kid, mm-hmm. with a real Japanese man playing a real Japanese man, mm-hmm. and could lend his own experience to the film. And this, a fifty-year-old white man playing an 80-year-old Korean man who can't move doesn't work. Uh, it's not the same thing, guys. I mean, you, you are correct in that the Karate Kid did inspire sort of some of the fe- some of the feelings and some of the concepts of this movie. But Chiyun is in the books, in I assume 150 so, of the books. But I forgot to say, <laughs> the opening credits, so the actual title card, Remo Williams is in East Asian-style calligraphy with a brush. Yes. And if you didn't know what was coming, you'd have no reason to know why that was there. <laughs> That's true. It's... It, like, if you if you missed that or didn't know what this movie was about, it would take you for a fucking ride suddenly. Like, whoa, like whiplash. <laughs> so in Q- QHQ, we've been sold the qualities of this supercomputer that can work out what a man had for lunch. Yeah. Right. And... And somehow has multiple high definition cameras covering multiple angles. Mm. Yeah, and do, do you think that monitor's high definition? <laughs> I mean, it was definitely a high definition yeah. CRT. Yeah, yeah, you okay. can absolutely play Pong at high resolution on that. So, Wilford Brimley, in his role as possibly head of Cure, is sitting <laughs> watching videos on a fucking PC. Yeah. On a 1985 PC, which I'm pretty sure would have been like Dot Matrix, <laughs> you know, DOS sort of thing. <laughs> But no, he's, he's got full high-quality videos on that on that screen. Technologically advanced. So 33, With 33. subtitles and lower thirds and captions and whatnot. That's yeah. how super this computer is. Oh, mate. <laughs> Top quality. So 33, 33. I just have this note here in here. 
Janeway, as in Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. I went, why? No, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be in <laughs> this terrible I knew I recognised her from somewhere. She hadn't done Janeway by then. She needed to do... I know. She needed but to I was just like, get up the ladder. I was like, sweet baby, no. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> Going back a few minutes at 28.17. Okay, that yeah. They really shouldn't do close-ups of Chun talking. No. no. Because he can't move his mouth properly. Or his eyes. That's why he's got the tash. Well. <laughs> to, to hide the corners. Or his, it's round here as well, round the round the eyes yeah. as well, and stiff, no movement, and or his forehead. Every time he makes an attack on Remo in this sort of training montage scene, what his his fingers do a laser sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, attack. There was no attacking in this film. No, he sort of pokes Remo with his fingers, yeah. and it makes a laser sound. He and makes a movement. Right. It's like he makes a movement. Like three cuts happen simultaneously in the space of four frames. And then Remo's on the floor. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. He's basically doing the... It's also broad daylight. Thing. Broad daylight on top of a rooftop. Another... They just, you know, don't show close-ups and don't show him in broad fucking daylight. Because mm-hmm. once again, I'm watching sub-SD and it looks bad. Oh, it's fucking bad. I ain't got notes till like 50 minutes, guys. I've got one at 40. I've given up. I've got 38.20 as that hawk. For fuck's sake, Jim, we get you're a vegan. <laughs> Stop telling everyone. <laughs> Both a Korean and a vegan stereotype won't shut the fuck up. So, in a similar vein, at forty minutes, I just I'd had enough of his bullshit quote unquote wisdom because <laughs> almost every line that comes out of his his mouth is like some like vague attempt at being like a mystic wisdom man. Yes, and it it's not like you get to like I said I got to forty minutes like no, you're not. Being, you know, that's not wisdom you're spouting mm. or proverbs. You're just being a prick. Yeah. Shut the fuck I, up. I forget the name of it, and I wish I could like bring it to light now. But I found a WordPress blog from someone who goes over films that have yellow face in them and just goes rips them to shreds essentially. Mm-hmm. And they went. The best thing about this film is when Remo Williams goes to him. What are you, a bloody Chinese fortune cookie? Because they were like, yeah, that's what this character is. Yes. Yeah. Thank that, you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Even though you're calling a supposed Korean character Chinese, that's kind of hitting the nail on the head. This character doesn't know what it is. I mean, it is. Well, he, he brings it us about matches being evil. It's like, shut up. Yeah. It's, it's breakfast at Tiffany's level bad. I've never seen that movie. So. Oh, there's some real bad yellow face in it. Oh, yes, there is, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yes. I've not seen that movie. If but you've I not know seen the that. movie, you do know about that. I do know that. If you've not, that will be the only thing you know about it if you've not seen it. But, no, and what's happened at 40 minutes, by the way? And this is a two hour movie. Yeah. Uh, I got a note here at 41 minutes. Is it, did, did I pass out? <laughs> because. No, because it's just all they're doing is just talking shit at each other. And you're like, I don't care. Get what, on with the film. What has happened in the past 41 minutes, right, is Remo learned to breathe with Chiyun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did some running on a rooftop with Chiyun. Mm-hmm. He's cut out meat for a day. And now he can do perfect parkour. Mm. Not perfect. Well, <laughs> Not uh, the lights off. He can't do it with the lights <laughs> off. Sorry. <laughs> His stuntman can do some pretty okay jumps. He can, do, he can balance on light bulbs and really thin things and he builds a little makeshift staircase up to the second level of light bulbs and fucking scaffolding. I'm sorry. Just shit that's lying around the house. That, that one, like, nine by nine square 
awful, like concrete, does not count as a second floor. It's I'm New York sorry. City, mate. That costs two grand a month. Yes, yeah, like, no. <laughs> what, what, like the mezzanine? Yeah. I really like that. I'd like to have an open plan mezzanine bedroom like that. It's quite cool. You'd like your second floor to be an inaccessible 9 by 9 square, <laughs> like 20 foot up. It does have a staircase because we see him doing parkour down the stairs, getting out of bed. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see those stairs. If I'm honest with you, maybe I just blacked them out. But for all I know, it's 2D stairs, so it's only there to do parkour down and maybe scramble up like a ladder. So I think time. I think we're missing the point here. Is that he has he has done some breathing, done some running, not eaten meat, and now he's a fucking superhero. Oh, but um, yes, Chun is a practitioner of uh, made-up martial art, yes. so it doesn't fucking matter how long. A made-up martial art that some people auditioning for the movie said they could do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, perfect. I was like, oh yeah, all martial arts come from Korea. No. <laughs> I don't know much about martial arts, but I know that shit. Yeah, it's basically my big fat Greek wedding where everything comes from Greek. You know, stuff like. Because that didn't wear out. <laughs> stuff like Taekwondo, Krav Maga, you know, all comes <laughs> from Korea. <laughs> you know? 44 minutes, I'm at. 43.30, yeah. Yeah, go on. It's uh, just like when the soldiers, because now we're cutting to Janeway because yeah, she's about inspecting this new gun. Yeah, right? we're, at, we're at some war games now. Yeah. We're just complete, complete uh, left turn in mm-hmm. the movie. We're yeah. at war games now. So a soldier just suddenly dies, and I'm really confused. I'm just like, what? Did that soldier just yeah. die? How? Yeah. What, what happened? The gun This, is, this jams. is my note. Yeah, the gun jams. The gun jams, and as, as it would do if it would jam, it wouldn't fuck up the firing pin. It would still fire the bullet, but... Not through the actual way the bullet's meant to go, because that's how guns work, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. No. No, it would fire upwards, blasting shrapnel from the top of the gun into the face of the wielder, who would then fall into a lake and drown. Yeah. Which well, is it what It smear jam on his face, <laughs> leave the top of the gun barrel there, and then he'd die. Oh, also, what does this have to do with anything? Well, that, my note. Oh, but that's the main story yeah, my of note, this yeah, film yeah. that doesn't have a fucking story. No, no, it's the military it. or the government or fuck <laughs> off, who knows? Someone, fucking someone, are trying to sell guns or they do sell guns so, or they've got guns, but and they've they're also, not very nice guns. But they've also got a satellite space laser. I miss that. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> so that is, that is my note here. Is like, is this is this the plot? This seems like plot. Forty five <laughs> minutes in, and then we go back to Remo and racism. <laughs> so, just as a small thing here, they keep saying it's an AR sixty that gun. Yes. Yeah. And I looked it up. That's Doesn't not. Exist. A, that's not an AR sixty. There is an AR sixty, but uh, it's not that. In the film, it's an AR sixteen. I say sixteen. Doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It yeah. sounds like sixty. Okay, so basically, like an AR fifteen, kind of the same. But that's not it. It looks more like it's a... It's one better. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looked more like a stale org. I think that's what... I mean, I only got like a bridge yeah. on it, but that's what it looked like. It's like the movie... Why the fuck get... are you two such gun nuts? You over there? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? How the like, fuck do you know? We live in London. Uh, <laughs> naturally. YouTube channel, I'm going to plug one. Go on. Uh, Forgotten Firearms, I think it's called. Right. Forgotten Weapons. And he just reviews really unique and interesting like firearms. Like one that's a roll that's like 25 bullets that chambers the actual handle. Can I Very suggest a YouTube channel? Sesame Street. <laughs> just you. classic clip after classic clip. I've not seen Forgotten Firearms, yeah. but I've seen my, my is, is that... good enough for me. I, I assume Forgotten Firearms is just 20 second clips of him going, oh no, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. No, my point is, is that 
this movie's full of a lot of bullshit, and you can't even get it some made-up gun right. So, mm, well, <laughs> forty-six minutes is my next note. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm noticing a pattern here? Like every sort of four to seven minutes, we've got notes. Like, yeah. I just, there's there's so much I have to talk about this film. Yeah, for for a movie that has fuck all going on in it, we got a lot of notes. There's so much. There's so much to pull out of the ether. Forty six minutes. We have the scene that Beverly Hills Cop three rips off. The Ferris wheel action scene. <laughs> but that is incidental oh. my, to my point. I want to point out the irony that they're doing this on the Wonder Wheel. And then the movie shows us Remo's point of view, and it's a massive shithole, just derelict buildings all around. <laughs> and if the movie does that, did that on purpose, then that is great. But I don't think this movie does anything on purpose. <laughs> I think they thought, that, well, what a lovely view of the beach in the background. Never mind the derelict buildings in the foreground. <laughs> Can we edit those out? What? Nah, mate. 1985. <laughs> <laughs> edit out? I don't get what that means. Or can we go back to when the thing was built and they were like, uh, safety reasons, the little cars shouldn't be able to just swing 45 degree angles, 45 degree angles. They right? swing real fucking like, they really? viciously, didn't they? Well, well I don't movie. know if they do in real life, if they meant to. Well, I it wasn't it. a CGI Ferris wheel, was it? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're like, um, they're like swings. You can sit in them and you can 360 them all <laughs> so, the way around yeah. the bar <laughs> and then tie the chain up. So, yeah, if a man's just climbing on the outside, he'll get turned to jam, apparently. Really? Well, that's what they imply because, like, Remo's like hanging in it, and like when one swings perilously by him, he has to get out of the way quick. When really, yeah. they wouldn't collide. No, they wouldn't, <laughs> would they? No, <laughs> because Shin hasn't. It's built not Dodgems. Shin's not built this Ferris wheel specifically <laughs> for training Remo. How do you know? This is the Wonder Wheel. I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's Coney Island or something. Anyway, here's Wonder Wheel. Yeah. <laughs> 52 minutes. 48, 48.30, my one laugh of, of this racist man that has nothing to do with him being a racist man because why would I laugh at any of that? And you guys are bad. <laughs> when he's, he's carrying the Pink Panther and you think, oh no, he's, a, he's an old eight-year-old man. All he thinks about is fake martial arts. But no, he loves this Pink Panther. Yeah, like Remo tries to take off him. He goes, "No, I want it." It's mine. Let's, let's clarify that he's won a pink panther. <laughs> he's, he's won a yeah. pink panther from a ring toss. Yeah, because he's not. Lots. He's not just found a pink panther. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. It's mine. Dude, it's got rats in it. Just like just covered in rainwater and filthy. Like, oh, what that? It's got a raccoon nest. Fucking mine there. I tell you what, I'm with you. I did. I like the way that they were carrying the pink panther arm in arm away from away from the camera. Because apparently, there's a cut scene that's meant to imply that there's a growing fraternal well not fraternal but a father-son bond between them yes there is which oh, you mean that that 30 seconds at the end at the end no but there was a cut scene before that that's meant uh, to be like yeah so this makes that last scene more meaningful but no it's, it's like cut. A, it's like a cut scene when, like remo said makes a joke about him being like enough. a father like you're not my father some shit like Calls him a little my, father yeah a little father or something some bullshit and that that scene gets cut but they leave in the scene at the end where it's like yeah, yeah thank you my son you called me your son. Uh, yeah, that left came that out in. of nowhere. Yeah, it comes out of fucking nowhere, doesn't it? it yeah. No, nothing. Do you know why, though? It's not manly enough. Nah, mate. For 52 minutes. No fucking 51, 51 minutes 50. Go on. Will Wilford Brimley ever stand up? <laughs> <laughs> we know the answer. <laughs> the answer may fucking surprise you. <laughs> 
His legs are fused with the chair. <laughs> He's just got eight wheels now instead of legs. <laughs> He's a transformer. <laughs> He's like that mutant. What's his... Oh, what's that? Wheels. No. <laughs> I'd call him this wheels. This is how Daleks are made. And Professor no. Xavier, I'd call this, you wheels. You put a person with diabetes in a wheelie chair. <laughs> <laughs> eventually they fuse. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to you. Please. you. I'm here to you. I'm to talk to you. I'm here to talk to you. I'm to talk to you. I'm here 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 I'm just saying that. I'm just saying there must have been like a little microwave just off shot, right? Hot pocket. Yeah, it's just for hot pocket. Oh. What's your 51 minute note? It was Wilford Brimley again, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, 52 minutes. Okay, 55 40. Uh, 52 minutes. I write, I, holy shit, the bad guy is Trump. They're at, they're at some hearing about mm. his broken guns. And Janeway asks him a perfectly innocent question about the time scale of some project. And his response is, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I'm a loyal American. I've served the country well. Fucking nothing to do with what she's asked him. Just, she's just taken it as a personal attack on her and turned it around and made himself the victim. Full on Trump move. Well done, movie. Also, it's Trump. because she's a woman major. So don't pay attention to oh, her. Yeah. Is the thing that <sighs> uh, yeah, that's 53 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're, we're still fucking around with training Remo yeah. on yeah. the beach. Uh, yeah, it's quite we're qu- quite serene scene on the beach. Ocean mm-hmm. sun, ocean side run and whatnot. And he, and he dives out. head first into a pile of sand, and then pops out somewhere. And else. then pops out the top of the sand, and then he can fly. I guess. No, it's not that he can He's now like run. Jumps. Without, he can now run without leaving footprints, which is flying, isn't it? Also, no. yeah. Well, could Jesus hey, fly? The wire work made it look like flying. <laughs> Well, when yes. his feet don't connect with the sand. Oh no! Yeah, that was actually a quite nice effect. I thought was it? Well, yeah. Did like, you? yeah. Seeing as like, okay, he he's learnt. Look, it's not real. It's a fake film. <laughs> he's learned but, to fly, has he? Well, he's he's like, he's he's making so little contact with the ground. That's a great free fight song. It is, isn't it? <laughs> he's making so little contact with the ground, and it was a nice <gasps> little way of showing. He it. become an elf. No, he's he becomes. So he no longer leaves footprints in the snow. I'll tell you what he becomes because he starts cavorting with them. Like two minutes later, he's a fucking seagull. <laughs> and this Stop is where I realised he would never be my main character. Hashtag not my main character. Because he runs like a fucking child. Wave wiggling his arms this, about. I have this note as well. Let me find this note. It's not until oh, towards the end of the movie. And when he starts going into the seagulls and he's waving his arms about, I'm the seagull on the beach. Shun has a great one at the end where he runs like, 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 like a Terminator. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no one in this movie runs like an action star. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is running like they're on uneven ground. Okay. Yeah. So, who has the worst run? Like, right? Like a really wide gate. <laughs> yeah. Arms up in the air, flailing. Hips apart. Legs <laughs> <This is laughs> apart. So, does Remo Williams weird. shun from the end of the movie with his weird run? Which or, I'm pretty sure Jack Sparrow stole. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. the flash from. From uh, the DC movie. What, flinging your arms Who in Who has the it? worst run? 
I mean, that's a difficult choice, isn't it? Mm. I didn't think I'd get a contender for Flash, but hey, there's two in this film. <laughs> 5540. I'm going to quote the movie again. I apologise in advance, listeners. These are not Dan's thoughts or opinions. <laughs> this is Dan quoting the movie. So, the um, Rima Williams and Shen are bonding. Sorry, uh, Chen, sorry. Chen. Chen are bonding. And he's singing. He goes, I was singing an old Korean love song. And then Remo goes, Jesus, mm. the whole race must be practically extinct. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's, oh. This film, because they hit you with a few of them throughout. It's like, mm. fuck me. This is awful. Awful to the nth it, degree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've got nothing to say to what that. What can you say to that? <laughs> you can't. There's just no defense for it. There's nothing. Like you kind of go off a different time. I was like, no, <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. Uh, next note's an hour, hour and a minute. Yeah, just just, just quickly move on. I've got one hour, one hour and three. So hour five. You're up next. Right. Ash. I want to I want to remind you of the funeral scene at the beginning of the film. Press F to pay respects. Yes. That tells us how great this cop was and how he's an example to us all. And then how later on how he just strangles a man in broad fucking daylight. Are you talking about the, the cab? Uh, oh, the cab. No, no. Oh, yeah. The yeah. dude's just outside the this. He's outside the. Building. They're outside the military building, so he's just met Janeway, or he's walking with Janeway or something. And the guy beeps like, "Hey, you're in my way," and he just yeah. goes, oh, "I'm in your way." Mate. Oh yes. And he goes up to the driver's side window. Yes. And he's like. I'm sorry, I was in your way, and then ta-ta! fucking <laughs> strangles him. <laughs> now he's, this this man that he strangles is a henchman for the main bad guy. But he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. The whole the he whole reason Remo Williams stranger. gets involved in the plot of the movie, what little there is, is because he had an altercation with a henchman on the street. Because he was in the wrong. He has no reason to be in the movie. No, I'm sorry. He was standing in... He's in the wrong, Remo. Remo is in the wrong. He's standing in the middle of the fucking road. Yeah. And the guy's like, please move. An example to us all. (laughs) Like, Remo... Fuck. There should... Remo Williams should not be interact... Would have no interaction with the plot if the henchman didn't hold a grudge against him for strangling him in the street. Do you think when he, quote unquote, died, suffered some severe brain damage... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he seems maybe maybe he's not learning martial arts at all. He just thinks he can fly, and I mean, then yeah, he's just going around strangling people. I guess when you ram a fucker people. into the river and he starts to drown, yeah, maybe it does affect your brain waves a little bit. Hour five and thirty seconds. Hour and three. Hour okay. and four. Sorry. Chien takes uh, Remo up the Statue of Liberty. Wait, wait. Oh yeah, I've got a note about this scene. And yeah. twice in sixty seconds on similar shots pulling out on the Statue of Liberty to show us how big it is, they used the music sting. <laughs> yeah. Twice in 60 fucking seconds. Yeah. You know what, Dan? At some point, right, just yeah. just randomly in the podcast, right, after someone makes a real good point, just put that music sting. <laughs> just to emphasise it. Just ever low, just like low in the back. No, no, just as the movie does, just fucking whack it in there. Just that for nothing. Jesus, one hour and five I've got next. Right, so one, yeah. one four. I didn't realise that all I have to do is just turn up and pay some construction guys to do my murders. Yeah, okay, this is my note. I've got... <laughs> my note as well. They're up there, like, they talk like school bullies, right? Yeah. They talk like Balkan Skull for fucking Power Rangers. And I got, 
And then they try and offer Guy for like what sixty dollars? Something like that. I think it's, I it's, think it's, it was closer to three hundred dollars. Are you sure? Because I heard sixty. Still, a hundred dollars a piece to offer, man. Hey, in nineteen eighty-five money. <laughs> it's like fucking. And then when they think they've done it, let's go get some Millers. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was like, we have to assume. We have to assume because they are at the Statue of Liberty, and the, the the Statue of Liberty at this point is undergoing renovations, and they are construction workers. That these three men, outside of this time, are regular, yeah. honest working it's for Joes. The, for the centenary of the Statue of Liberty, yeah. they just had to fill up some cracks with polyfiller and kill a man and kill a man. But, on the side. Yeah. <laughs> but now you've got this $300 of mine. Can you kill that dude up there? <laughs> you can all And they're like, sure thing, boss. We'll do it with a smile on our face. You can all buy a third of a PS4 with the money I give you. <laughs> What's like, a PS4? Fucking hell. And like, oh. So, like, this is where All Hope died for me in this movie, right? This act, Statue of Liberty action scene. Yes. You're talking about, and yeah. like, I know, yes, Hope died... I suppose pretty early with the racist Korean. Yeah. But I thought, okay, Statue Libby, he's been trained a lot. He's got training. He's got three hired goons. Mm-hmm. He, he might actually get a cool fight scene on all the scaffolding. Nope. No. He just slowly, slowly, slowly goes down the scaffolding. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, like he's, he's shoved out to the side and he has to rely on a pole. And we've seen him stand on a pole, but oh, no, he's just going to swing on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And he's going to slowly go down that power level yeah. and then he's going to jump to another bit and slowly climb down that. And then at an hour and ten, the end of the action scene is that the builders think... Did it last ten minutes? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The, the builders yeah. think that a falling sack of tools is Remo hitting the deck. Well, yeah. yeah he sounds awful. Remo like was wearing a black clunk. coat and this brown sack of tools looks <laughs> a lot like him. Yeah, it's for, also... Bones full of tools of like people are. Yeah. Bones made of metal. Yeah. Hey, it's that clanky boy. So the, <laughs> so the builders think he's dead, but he's not. Surprise. He catches up with them on their elevator down, beats two of them unconscious, and hangs, hangs another. Yes. This is my note at 1 hour 10 30. He just straight up fucking hangs he a dude. He straight up hangs a dude. And we know, we know he's hung a dude, right? The next shot might show us the dude hanging out of the elevator by his foot. No, but he, he wraps, wraps it, it around, around his fucking neck. Yes. This and pushed him out of the lift. That is hanging a person. You watch him wrap it around the neck and kick him out like fucking hell. It was shocking. This is your first kill, Remo. Normally you're just doing nothing. I let out an order, but what the fuck? <laughs> so much, what did you fucking hang it dude? What the fuck? And then an, an, an hour and 11, right? Remo runs over wet cement, pursued by a baddie. Exit stage left, pursued by a bear. Uh, the, the baddie naturally falls into the wet cement while Remo runs over it. The baddie drowns. And how do we know he drowns? Because he he looks around for help in a panic style, goes under, lets out a final bubble, and there are construction workers just stood there, Watching. gawping, doing well, nothing. We get a close-up of one dude just going, all right. Yeah. <laughs> who I swear to God they just found a homeless extra you put this hype look on. like it I, I assume, yeah. I assume that, that none of these construction workers are union because a union would have fucking sued for representing their construction workers like this do you know what though he didn't necessarily drown he drowned himself because he puts his head under mm. yeah he doesn't slowly fall he just goes oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> and then just, just, well. under his head under 
Well, what? I guess that's the end of old henchman Joe. <laughs> She's like, guess I'll die. Fat henchman number one. Just this this whole fucking scene is just so weird. One thirteen. I've got a note. Wilfred Brimley back in the chair. Moving on. <laughs> back at it. <laughs> Wilfred news. <laughs> Still in the chair. Hour and fifteen is my next one. Hour and 18, 14. Uh, hour and 15. For all of Chun's talk of veganism, he's got a fucking tiger skin rug. Which, which it looks like he's painting. <laughs> he's, he's painting the stripes on it. Yeah, it looks like he's doing that. I, well, clearly it's not a real tiger then. It, I mean, it looks like a tripping hazard because it's got a full intact head. Yeah, that's always I don't think you can trip me. in that house knowing the, the ways of the world as they do. Look, I've always, <laughs> I've, I've never me. been a fan of like animal skin rugs, no. especially not with the head intact, because they look oh. fucking dangerous, especially on a hardwood floor like he's got. That rug's going to be slipping all over the place, and if it's not slipping all about the place, you're going to be carrying your tea tray, you're going to stick <laughs> your foot in a tiger's mouth, you're going to trip up, you're going to burn yourself and ruin your rug. No, tiger! <laughs> Back hope, from the grave! <laughs> I hope when I die, someone turns me into a skin rug so I can be a trip hazard. Oh yeah. dear. Um, my nope. my next note is is the dog scene. On hour eighteen fourteen, I, I think I've brought this up before, but I'm going to bring it up now. Like this is going to be the only bit of praise this movie gets for me, right? So they they're cutting through, they're breaking into some building for whatever reason. Can't stand the man with one arm and remote, right? And he's like, he's touching this electric fence, and he's touching it. And he goes, "Oh, is that some sort of mystical ninja art shit?" And he goes, "No, I lost my arm, mate. But thank you for being so insensitive." <laughs> and so he starts cutting the the wire, and he uses he uses wire cutters, little mm-hmm. tin snips, right? Yep. I thought very good movie. You don't need something like bolt cars like most movies do to yeah. do it. You just need something like that, something small, simple, carrying pocket. Also, they didn't have the budget for bolt cars. Also, they didn't have the budget for bolt cars. <laughs> oh no, they did, but they fell off the ta- the Statue of Liberty. Oh yeah, in a bag, so <laughs> got broken. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, for from a visual perspective, bolt cars very flashy. Look, I'm clearly going to cut through a fence. Yeah. But cumbersome and unnecessary. Just get some, you know, some wire cutters, some snips. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the sting goes. <laughs> and then I've also got yeah parkour dogs. Uh, no, I'm before parkour dogs with uh, mind reading dogs and trouser rats. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I will say I love these dogs. The dogs are no. great because the dogs are like protagonists in another movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like they should be from a Disney live dogs. action film. Yeah, yeah. the dogs from Oliver and Company. The bad yeah. Rottweilers. Yeah, they are. Yeah. That's fake. Uh, Sykes' is dogs. They're like figuring out how to lower stairs. They're parkouring up parts of the building. Yeah, so the, yeah they, they break into Grove Industries factory and Remo gets chased by these three Dobermans and he, he climb, climb, climbs up into the rafters and he's like, fuck you, doggies. <laughs> Pretty much. Try and the, this. the doggies sit there and pause for a moment and one looks to one dog and it looks back at him. And the middle dog looks at the other dog. And the other dog looks back at him. And I'm pretty sure they nod at each other. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure as well. And they're like, mm-hmm, you go to those stairs. I'll go that stairs. And we'll get him that way. They're it's really like, fucking smart dogs. And then like, Remo gets rats up his trousers in a comedy scene and falls through a pane of glass. Yeah, so yeah. comedy. That's where the um, Confessions of a Window Cleaner influence comes in. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's one scene where he gets across a building and he sees his dog. Like, no, 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 yet. not yet, Dan, <laughs> not yet, Dan, yet, Dan, okay. I don't want to talk about it in a minute, I'm not yet, though. All right, all right, because I have a point about that. I forgot, right, 
from what I gather, okay, what little plot there is, mm. uh, rem- the plot started conservatively 25 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. We're at this, we're at this bad guy's Grove Industries facility and there are now, he, he breaks in to get pictures or get a film, laser disc? Get a laser disc of a satellite thing. Oh, uh, this is yeah. a satellite. Because my note is, I don't remember why it's here with these dogs and rats. No. I don't know what the satellite is for. My only I note for know. this is... But they blow what? it. But he, the, the, it has a... It has a Self-destruct system. That isn't yeah. that isn't an explosive in the satellite. It's lasers on the wall that shoot the satellite. Like I, I say, it's in three words. I just went. Why thing explode? <laughs> uh, what? What? There's this. There's this bullshit in the middle of the room, and then it blows up. And what? I don't know why we're here. And the no. whole thing blows up. And what blows happened up? to the exploding guns? I why know there is there, there now a, a satellite and lasers? There was a scene before at Q- HQ where Wilfred Brimley was like, "Yeah, you got to go to this place," but I cannot for the life of me remember why. <laughs> While I was writing the fucking notes, I didn't know why. <laughs> because Brimley won't get out of the chair. <laughs> get out of the chair, Brimley. So, go with him. Anyway, (laughs) the satellite, the the lasers shoot the satellite instead of the intruder and explode it. And then Remo is escaping while being chased by one of the comedy dogs. Because he goes across somewhere, right? Uses a very convenient tightrope. Yeah. And he says to the dog, I fucking dare you to try that. (laughs) He he gets from one rooftop to the other on this convenient tightrope, turns to the dog and says, try that, you mother. And it does. Yes. This dog. This dog's like, right, fuck this guy in particular. I'm going to fucking have him. Movie features a tightrope walking Doberman and is now officially five full start stars. Do you know what I want? I wanted for the rest of the movie that Doberman to be chasing him. Like, you Oh, that would have been wonderful. I'm not, you're, I'm not done with you, That mate. Doberman shouldn't have given up. Like later on in the gas room, we just see the Doberman on the other side like, told you I'd get you. When she un- on the highway, Doberman pulls up next to him. Puts the window whoa. down. When Chien's running across the water, and Doberman's like, well, fuck you, I'll do it as well. Drive a lot police, pull him over. It's a Doberman just looks on the window. And the end credits are Remo and the Doberman. Anything you can do, I can do better. Row your can. Yes, I can. So the man whose name I never cared to learn, one-armed man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I, does, I don't yeah. have his name either, yeah. and I'm hosting this fucking episode. He, he, has, a, he has a death scene, right? Uh, well, since... the no, one where he has two death scenes. The only name I know is Remo Williams, because I keep saying it, and Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> they and won't that's not stop the saying name. it. <laughs> the, so, yeah, the one way to get rid of dogs is obviously to take off your fake arm and chuck it at dogs, because <laughs> dogs love a fake arm. No, yeah, sure. So, it was kind of cute, because the dog clearly didn't want to actually bite his arm. And you can see multiple things where the dog's not actually biting. Right. He's just doing the fake sort of, you know, uh, uh. But then he gets shot directly in the spine by also a dog, I assume. That <laughs> <laughs> one dog on the roof of the sniper yeah. rifle. It's like, fucking F that, you bitch. And then he, so he holds up this. The half end of a the movie is disc. the end of Silent Hill 2. There's dogs all along. <laughs> it looks like something between a laser disc and a Pokemon TM. <laughs> I think it's yeah, just it a real film. Or a real film. Awesome fucking that roller cylinder that's got your slides oh yeah, in. That, it. Oh yeah, that's just a JCB on site for some reason. Yeah, which they get in. Oh yeah, and then 
get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just getting it. And they're just fucking surviving. <laughs> I couldn't get one. They just jumped out of the Convenient. Fucking... I don't get it. Quick, in that JCB. Oh, no, no. Quick. Yeah, they, no, they have to jump Let's out. Let's get out. <laughs> they have to jump out because the fence is still electrified. Oh, it's all of like 10 right, no, seconds. But the JCB's tyres are rubber. Yeah, but the still the, the chassis is still going to go through the chassis. Mm. Like, yeah, I get it. Don't it's get not it grounded. I, like, I, I get it. But still, they're in it for all of 10 seconds. It's... And it's just sitting there in the corner of the field. Speaking of all of 10 seconds, <laughs> we shoot the guy with the fake arm in the spine. Yeah. yeah. He dies. Well, no, not before his final words, get this to Smith. And then literally he could have just gone, bleh, because he's just... Rocks his head yes. back yeah. so violently, he's like, "I'm going to die now." Yeah. But then you see him just kind of moving about a little bit. So, what should have happened? He should, he should have gone blah and dead. That should have been the end of him. But what instead, we instead fade up on him in a what hospital bed. Fuck yeah! He's in a yeah, hospital bed, a, a hospital. bad a bad guy's hospital bed, and the henchman comes out to Grove and Grove's like, "Has he talked? No, not yet." And we cut back to him in the hospital bed, and he kills himself. He's got yeah, his wife. Pointless because he didn't fucking say anything. Why did this have? Why did he have to the death scene because twice? Because we've, we've already had before where Wilfred Brimley's like, "Here's my cyanide pill in case they get me to talk about the laser disc or the whatever." <laughs> yeah. And then well, I'm like, "Yeah, you got to be prepared like, to kill yourself." Yeah, I'm gonna go to a haberdashery and blow my head off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, like the haberdashery thing was real specific. So, like, why? Oh, this was a two-hour movie, and there's so many scenes that could be cut. <laughs> like, they have his death scene, and then ten seconds later, have his death. Like, I just, just don't. Because I thought it was going to be, oh, he's alive. We'll torture him for information. That's yeah. And I thought they were going to find him again. And that's how they find out about them. That's no, what it should have been. Not go what either should have been that. There's only three in organisation. Can't afford to be telling people information. <laughs> it either should have been that, or he should have died properly in the I scene know. previously when I he know. died and it faded out. No, this movie's an hour and a half too long. Good One hour Christ. thirty thirty three. My only note was, oh yeah, Janeway's in this. Forgot about that. <laughs> that um, hour and serves no purpose. Hour and thirty three. What is this movie about? Is it about defective guns or a satellite that turns out wasn't a real satellite? What is the plan? And why does the U.S. Army have a functional gas chamber at yes. training grounds? Yeah, that's fucking weird. And I, I want to say this scene is right out of Goldfinger because Goldfinger had gas, did did a gas bit. <laughs> So the guy who wrote, wrote Goldfinger was like, yeah, put it in there as well. <laughs> fit, fit right let's, there. Let's, let's add a bit of context here, right? The henchmen and Grove, they, these are the bad guys. They trick Janeway and Remo into a gas chamber yep. on army training grounds, lock them in, start gassing them. That's where we're at. Yeah. And then the evil henchman, he comes in to gloat and then he gets his mask taken off. Yeah. So I'm going to... Right, so what happens at the end? I wrote... One, it's one hour thirty-seven twenty. I just watched a man use someone with a diamond tooth mm-hmm. to cut super strong glass. Yeah. Rip his eye out through a gas mask, then dive headfirst through the glass. Yep. Six out of five stars. Now I what? really fucking loved it. <laughs> no, because I was just I, so fucking confused. As soon as I saw him walk in and then took the gas mask off, 
Uh, so my one note is, oh no, the diamond, because I saw what was going to happen and it played out exactly and I hated every moment of it. Yeah, I mean, you may have seen what was going to happen, but the henchman's face up against the glass with his massive smushy lips. <laughs> it was fucking... <laughs> massive smushy lips using to cut his diamond tooth on the glass. Come on, six out of five stars, mate. Loved I'll be it. honest, out of all the bullshit I saw in this movie... That was the I best was, bit of bullshit. I was not expecting that. No. I was because it <laughs> Just, doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. I wasn't expecting the in and out like a duck because it doesn't <laughs> make sense. How is the henchman not cutting the inside of his lip to shreds all the time if he can cut fucking glass? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. One minute beforehand, before we cut the glass with the henchman's face... Uh, he he undoes his suit jacket, kicks Remo, and does it back up again. Not a critique, just really fucking weird. <laughs> just don't get... <laughs> so much of this movie is would do a thing. I don't think and then he's do got it again. all of his ducks in a row, all his shagging ducks in a row. <laughs> just uh, what our hey? I get undoing your suit jacket to yeah. like put the moves and kick somebody, but then he just does does it back up again in the same shot. Maybe he's got a little pot belly, he's a bit subconscious. <laughs> maybe. No, maybe. he only planned for that one kick and then was going to do it back up and walk back out. That was it. And then we used his face to cut the glass. <laughs> so, hey guys, it's me, Dan, again. I uh, I have another choice Are quote you from the movie. At 141. 14050. Uh, 140. Right, can we. Hang on. Um, let, me, let me just. I'm going to text you the script, all right? We'll, <laughs> oh. We'll take a character each. Who wants to be Janeway? Right, but well, before that, I'll be Janeway. You can be Janeway. I mean, My note is at one forty because Chan turns up again. Yeah, this is with, and and I remembered. Oh yeah, fuck, he's in this film <laughs> because he does the whole training montage stuff at the beginning. But then once the Clue team get back together, they forget all the fuck about him. Yeah, I'll tell. I'll be Chien. I will just talk normally. Okay, yeah. I will not do the accent. No, that's absolutely fine. That means Ashley, you are Remo. Okay. Yes, because we have. We have this. We have this is the exact quote I've got here. You've got actually got verbatim I've, what I've, I wrote. Down. I've sent you verbatim what is said in the movie. Okay, Dan, you can kick us off. <sighs> okay. Once again, this is not how any of us feel. It's just quoting a movie. Women should stay home and make babies, preferably man-child. I see you two went to the same charm school. Ah, he always talks like that. He's Korean. I see. Well, that explains why he lives in the forest. That is the level we're working at, people. That is the script verbatim. Sexism, misogyny, and racism in four lines. Like, I will commend them for getting that much bullshit in such a concise space. I mean, it's impressive almost, right? That's next level racism. Fuck me. Lives in the forest because he's Korean. Just what the fuck? 143. Uh, yeah, 152 is my next one. So they're, they're fleeing from the government or the military or whoever the fuck, who cares? In <laughs> for someone. In a, in a truck, right? Yes. And yeah. we're meant to see all the speed and the G-force in the turns of this truck. Yes. Because they're all going from side to side in, inside, the, inside the truck. But Star Ch Trek. Chun is a master of balance. <laughs> he should be gyroscopically still yeah the other two should be going like that and it should be something of a joke for us to go oh yeah it's funny this film is actually has something and they've thought about but, it but, but no film, they haven't this film Remo, doesn't actually Remo have should something be bouncing only a little bit he should only be moving a little bit because he's still you know learning well she should be like whoa, whoa, whoa. he's still a padawan still padawan 147 144 
is so this is the yeah. is this where he's hanging off the log no that's 152 no, no, no. I'm no, mine is just another comment about how he runs like a child <laughs> he does run <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, I dropped something. Come get it. They, everybody runs like a fucking toddler. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, but you're totally right. 147. I don't know what else this movie could possibly do to be more offensive than it has been. Not much, I'd imagine, right? <laughs> Nothing short of using an ancient fake martial arts technique to humiliate a female major, army major, oh, by making her orgasm yeah. against her will. I mean, good job this movie doesn't do that, right? <laughs> I fucking forgot about that. Holy shit. Chun takes, takes the female army major's wrist, yeah. takes Janeway's wrist, taps it a couple of times, forces her to orgasm that, I mean, it's, but knocks it's, her out with the force of the orgasm by the way <laughs> yeah. don't worry guys they set this up earlier yeah. in the movie where he's like hey rule Jen, number 147 blow? whatever fucking number I feel like no, that day poor Janeway yeah uh, just just tap a woman's wrist with her pulse and apparently that's all you need to do I've been doing it wrong guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently I've got the whole <laughs> sex thing wrong G-spot's in the arm who knew <laughs> who knew I I I was always confused by the you know phrase tap that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now oh, I know, sir. sir now well I know. Golf clap, golf clap. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, so one one hour fifty two. One hour fifty. One hour okay. fifty one. <laughs> okay, is my last. It's like top trumps. My last actual timed <laughs> note. So, like, what is this whole film? Isn't the U.S. <laughs> Army trying to cover up some dodgy guns? Why? Why are they Why now on? Hanging off a lock. Why are they on a boat? <laughs> Why are they... No, no, don't. No credit. Why are the credits? Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened, and they're riding off into the sunset in a speedboat, and the credits are there. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's the movie. And they left Janeway on the beach. Yeah. I mean, you are at the very end of the movie well, I, now. I've got, yeah. Because at an far, hour but... and 51. Yeah, I'm going to go right. It's the same note as yours, Dan. Why does this US Army Proving Ground have a logging company <laughs> yeah, that what? transports its felled trees by incredibly slow zipline over miles and miles of perfectly like... good trees they haven't felled? Well, no, no. I, like, I actually like the idea of that because it's you don't have to build a road to get all trucks in then you don't have to put all the logs on the trucks and then send them out you've got a little reserve a little area where you can't cut those trees so you have to go deeper in and cut those trees but how do you get them out zipline and then you can zipline wherever you want because movie logic zipline them right to the lumber yard (laughs) what lumber yard in the fucking army base oh well maybe it's next door like while well, I'm 52 I've just got as this scene goes on I just think it's the laziest action scene I've ever seen because all it is and you've is seen Remo, Remo Williams I've seen Remo Williams <laughs> he's just hanging that's off. something we can all say for the rest of our lives <laughs> like he's just this hanging. is really bad and I've seen Remo Williams <laughs> no I haven't even done yet he's just hanging off the log and then he's getting he's hanging sideways so yeah. they can see him yeah and they're just shooting at the log not him, yeah. the log. And it's just bang, 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 bang. Reload. Bang, bang. <laughs> as I go 20 miles an hour down the road as you lazily follow up on the top. <laughs> and then the music sting <laughs> happens again. <laughs> so don't give me that music sting. Nothing's fucking We're so exciting. <laughs> He's just sitting there. Good Christ. <laughs> uh, hour and 56.32. 
Oh, one one out of fifty-four. Which is he he gets confronted by the big bad guy after dropping a bunch of logs on yep. the car, and the bad guy didn't die. So I've got bit of gun dancing because he starts dancing around the dude's car. <laughs> Just really slowly does a circle. You can't <laughs> yeah, shoot me if I do a, a slow circle. And then he magic fires the dude to death. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he has a. Because he picks movie, a twig up and he twig. just yeah. sets on fire. Earlier in in the movie, there is a uh, there is a short scene where where Chion oh. tells him you have to tap this ancient magic board thing, however many times, however long a day, and it will turn your fingers like stone. And that means that if you rub your fingers against a twig at the end of the movie, you can make that twig combust. <laughs> uh, it's not Flynn. <laughs> you can turn your fingers to flint. He didn't use a flint and steel to light the twig. I just okay, man. Ancient magic. You know the ancient like, country of. Talking about this, I'm losing my fucking mind all over again in this film. My only, my last note, and it's right at the very end, when uh, Janeway, when, when Chen runs across the water yeah. like a fucking dickhead, like <laughs> Jesus Terminator, yeah. like. It's, it is, it is Naruto, like drunk Jack Sparrow in the no. second one when he's yes. running away from the cannibal he tribe. Pulls Naruto, that is how he runs. He pulls Naruto and focuses all his chakra into his feet. So Bear in mind, run he's running like this. He's running like this, and he is meant to be a fucking kung fu like martial arts mm-hmm. master. Mm-hmm. He runs like drunk, drunk Jack Sparrow. He runs like well, maybe and he's all, a, a master of drunk. He's not though, is it? And it's all the other men don't just start gunning down him. And his friend no, they just and the traitor Janeway, they just stand there watching and stand there as he drives away. And Janeway goes, Everything's fine. It's like, Everything's not fine, Janeway. No, it's not what, fine. Why Janeway are you now in this for base some to reason. begin with? What was the point? Why are there trees in the sky? Why Why is the being on a boat seen as a victory? Janeway well, now, the for some show. reason, appears to be in love with Remo. Why and Remo I don't Willi- know why. Why Remo Williams? Why are you doing Remo this? Remo didn't give her instant gratification. It was an old Korean man. Exactly. Be in love with him. And it was like Remo's Can mission. Can we get here. that in a minor key? <laughs> <laughs> Remo's mission at the end of this movie was to make it look like assassinate Grove and make it look like it was an accident. Yeah. But there are dozens and dozens of witnesses. <laughs> to to say to the contrary that it definitely wasn't. The thing is though, like the last like he 20... exploded the man. No, sorry, the last twenty minutes didn't need to happen because they've got that guy banged to rights with a he tried to kill us. None of the none and of it needs to happen. Surely has cameras. Remo doesn't need to get involved. The only reason he's involved was because he strangled a henchman. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Uh... We're at the end. We're done. What did you think of the movie? <laughs> ten out of ten, best movie ever. Right, you know how what I the watch fuck films. Is that? Fuck that film. Yeah. You know how I watch films twice, right? Yeah. I watch this film once. <laughs> <laughs> and right, if that, that is not an indictment <laughs> as to the quality of this movie. <laughs> That's everything I need to know. Yeah. It's it's real bad. It's so bad. I'm not. I'm not sure I can apologise enough. Like, racism, <laughs> well, I'm not... sexism, fucking incoherent rambling bullshit. I'm not worse off having seen this film. This is still a film that 
has a weird sort of, or will have a sort of weird cult status because we can go, have you heard of Remo Williams? It's a fucking trash fire. <laughs> oh my God, the royal family has been exploded in a house fire. That's really bad. And I've seen Remo Williams. <laughs> We've got that. We'll always we'll have Remo always Williams. Have a new tool to bear. <laughs> oh my. It was an experience. Lord. That's the best way I can put it. It was a slog. I will never be kind as about this movie. As much fun but... as we've had talking about it, watching it was a slog. Yeah. Yeah. I can't recommend it. Like, honestly, look, when you, you can, you've heard over the course of the, us talking the amount of notes just like minute after minute after minute because there's just so much you go, what? Yeah. I have mm. to talk about this with you guys. Yeah. So much of it. And it is such a hard watch. It's, it's because, two hours long. Two hours, you're stopping every four minutes to go, no, I have to acknowledge this. <laughs> it's too it's too much. This movie is too much. And nothing happens. Nothing. Nothing. What nothing. was the plot? I have seen A gun exploded, the man who made the gun it was it was responsible? He was either... And then Remo had to assassinate oh, him? No, he was they're... either selling guns to the military or he was the military. Yes, but I he forgot, also has a satellite and lasers. We skipped over this. He's brought up that, like, yes, someone from the military is like, one of your guns killed us. And he goes, you buy guns from me. The military wouldn't like it if a gun blew up. So you have to keep buying guns from me. And, he, and the military guy goes, okay... And that's oh, it. that's why they start tracking Janeway because she's talk. Gotcha. She's like, your guns blowing people up. Right, look, it's if, still if, shit. If, yes. <laughs> if any of our listeners have seen Remo Williams, and I don't imagine it's a lot of you, <laughs> if you can explain the plot to us, please tweet us, email us. Like, it's all in the description. Like, we'll have the Twitter, we'll have emails in the description. I urge you... Fred Ward, give us a call. Tell me what the we'll fuck oh, happened. And with that... Tell us what happened. We'll, yeah, st stick with us after the break. We'll oh. find out why the sequel never happened, what it could have been, and what we think it should be. But first, our pod wife for the month. Our pod wife this month, guys, is Friday the 13th podcast. Yes, Friday the 13th. This is them in your ears now. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, Producer Michael. Producer Michael, oh, hi. Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Welcome back, everybody. Ashley's found his pen. Hooray! Hey, we've got a sponsor. Guys, this no. is our sponsor. Uh, I'm just going to... It's a clip, so I'll play them now. 
What's up everybody, Tommy Toots here to tell you all about an incredible new offer. Just imagine, if you will, you're out walking the dog or hiking or yoga, all things we love to do. But your underwear, it's getting in the way. Maybe it chafes, maybe it rides up too high, maybe they hold too much sweat. Maybe it's time to get some new undies. And ladies, that's when you need to visit yourundies.com. I will buy those panties from you. So you can go and buy a new pair for yourself and I will pay good money. I'll pay extra if you send me pics with them. Shit stained, piss soaked, the more used, the better they are to gag myself with. So go and visit yourundies.com and use offer gag me, that's G-A-G-M-E, and I'll pay for your shipping. Your undies, I want to smell them. So why was there never a sequel to Remo Williams, guys? Uh, I, I, know, I know you're friends with this guy, so just... I could know, you, it was could just you ask record, questions? It was just a recording. Yeah, yeah I know. So, so next time I can you email see them. What? I can email them. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Toots. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, would he accept undies that maybe you've just been sitting in all day in front of a super hot supercomputer? Would he want those undies? <laughs> Are you talking about Wilford Brimley's undies? Would he want my undies? You want my their pink and they got flowers on them? I would pay for Wilford Brimley's undies. <laughs> that, that, that means I have to stand up. <laughs> I'm not standing. I'm not giving my bundles. So. Why was there never a sequel when the movie oh, was called was. Remo Williams The Adventure Begins? Oh, I think I fucking know after there watching it. There was a sequel. Ashley, I've done the research, okay? There was never a theatrical no. sequel. And that's Just another it, 150 books. The, it's, 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 it's because the movie made $14 million worldwide on a budget of $40 million. Fucking hell. Fuck that. Did it not get that Chinese money? No, it didn't get that Chinese oh, money. Oh, I wonder why. That is including that well, Chinese money. Well, because it probably though, should so. have been sent to Korea. <laughs> anyway, the gross, the gross worldwide gross was probably maybe a little bit affected by the release of um, Schwarzenegger's Commando, released one week before, uh, took in close to sixty million, and had a budget of ten. Commando did, uh, mm. but that was it. It was a big old flop. There was never much discussion of a theatrical sequel. There was, however, actually, and I know you know this because you've done the research yourself for some reason. No, because when I typed Remo Williams into Google, it said, did you mean Remo Williams 2, the TV version? I was like, oh, Remo okay. Williams, colon, The Prophecy, which is a pilot episode oh, for a TV show that never made it to series. And it's, it's, it's sort of a sequel in that it's sort of a sequel in that time frames are referenced and the theme tune is used and the Statue of Liberty scene is used in the opening credits, which is weird to use the Statue of Liberty scene from the movie considering that none of the theatrical cast return. It's when the first murders happened. They're all different people. <laughs> and if you thought the makeup on Chiyonin was bad <laughs> in the movie, oh. oh boy, oh boy, because once again, they cast a white dude to play an old Korean dude. And this time it was Roddy McDowell from Fright Night, Wind in the Willows. Yeah, he, he was in Overboard, yeah. the Goldie Horde movie. He was, he's Mad Hatter in the Batman animated series. And probably most famously, he is Cornelius from Planet of the Apes. Mm -hmm. And is the, he... the first fucking thing you hear in the Remo Williams TV series is this. If you have tuned in to watch my worthless pupil, uh, Remo Williams, 
switch please to another channel. Otherwise, a warning. You will be forced to watch humiliation of a grown man. If you, if you are wondering whether or not they are addressing us, the audience, and breaking the fourth wall completely there, yes, they are. And does it happen again? No, it does not. Okay, two things, because you showed us that video. One, how did the racist make racist makeup look even worse in the TV it show? It looks so two, much why worse. Why is the main guy Marty McFly? I will. I'll, why? I mean, you've just heard. Lewis a, me. You've just heard a cut down clip of the opening there. I'll put no, a link to the entire me. episode <laughs> so why you can see you just how bad it looks for yourself. I want answers. Now if you listen. don't have one, it's fine. Just tell I me. I don't have one. Okay. I can't it's answer that. It's not fine. <laughs> Give us okay. Look, I mean, I can't tell you much about the show. I've, I've watched it. There's very little information on it. But if you would like to know if Remo Williams fights a laser shooting robot with an axe and wet toilet paper in it. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh Does he God. defeat the robot by chucking wet toilet paper at its camera? Yes, he does. I'm pretty sure Doctor Who does that with a dialect at some point. <laughs> so that that was that was the <laughs> semi-sequel television failed pilot spin-off thing. In 2014, there were talks of a reboot at Sony Pictures. Like uh, they'd hired they'd hired Shane Black to direct it, <laughs> okay. as he's a he's a fan of the Destroy novels apparently. So they hired Shane Black to direct it with a script from the writer of Fight Club. But since 2014, nothing much heard about it. Very very little heard about this about the reboot. Uh, so how on earth are you gonna tell us what the possible sequel to this movie would be? I hear you cry. How, I hear you cry. How on earth are you going to possibly about the sequel? Well, I'll tell you, Ashley. <laughs> Remember, this 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 movie is based off a series of 150 novels. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about them. They started off being written by two authors who took a chapter each. Not much communication between the two. They would write <laughs> a chapter each, writing each other into corners... <laughs> what wait of, of the, or on what on the same book? Oh yeah, using the same one characters, take, not their own characters. <laughs> one would take chapter one, three, five, seven. Oh the other God. would take two, four, six, oh and eight. God, this is amazing. Uh, they would they were constantly writing each other into corners, and the only way Remo could get out of these corners would with some amazing new power that he pulls out of his ass. Uh, so that's why Remo can dodge bullets. Uh, detect radiation and protect himself from it. What? Put people into comas with a touch. There's one book where he murders a guy and physically smashes him into a carry-on bag to get him onto a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a jam salesman. Re remember, remember when we did the Forrest Gump sequel? Yeah. And I told you about the book. Yeah. This is sort of like that. <laughs> Books one to four, right? They're fairly run-of-the-mill mafioso gang stories. Uh, yeah, yeah. Detecting radiation and being able to, you know... Book, no, that's books one to four. They're fairly run-of-the-mill. We're dealing with gangs and mafias and whatnot. Book five, Dr. Quake. A mad scientist will set off the San Andreas Fault unless they get one million dollars. Did it. <laughs> there's, there's one where Remo uh, is at a Civil War reenactment and people are shooting muskets at him. 
um, because the bullets from muskets are so are so much slower than like <laughs> bullets these days. Instead of instead of dodging them, he's just sort of walking towards them and slapping the bullets out of the way. There's another one where he's, a missile is fired at him, and he use he catches it and uses the momentum to throw the missile away. Of course. There's another where they fight fight an ancient tribe in New York. <laughs> Are they Mormons? <laughs> or the sequel? I mean, the the sequel could have been the one could have been based on the book that, where they fight some Chinese vegetarian vampire terrorists. Wasn't Break that it? down for you, Chinese vegetarian yeah. vampire terrorists. That was a James Corden film, wasn't it? Sure. <laughs> Nothing those, you say will shock me now. <laughs> those are the highlights from the first fifty books. I couldn't get through the next 100. It was too many. Too much gold. It feels like it's like the bloke who gave Dr. Seuss a better, like, oh, you can't write a book using less than 50 words or whatever that was. It's like, you can't write a book while someone else is also writing the same book. <laughs> it's like, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> you know that guy you hate, yeah? You write a book with him. <laughs> It's, I mean, it is bizarre. Yeah, no shit. But if if pulp fiction stuff like that is your bag, may, maybe, maybe read them. I think that there, there are audio books of like books 70 to 90 or something. If you want to do Remote, that instead. Slap the radiation out of the air, deflecting you from getting rid of cancer. <laughs> Would you guys like to hear some what what some people thought of this movie? Yes, actual okay. people, Act, actual people, yeah. actual people. Mister A on in two thousand six wrote Remo Williams is the man. Trust me, Remo Williams, played by Fred Ward of Tremors fame, is the destroyer in lowercase, a man that learns martial arts from an angry and condescending Korean master named Chiang. <coughs> I never heard of this movie until I witnessed it on AMC Movies Today. But when I tell you it's an awesome movie, don't argue with reason, man. This movie is it, it, this movie is actually inspired by the novel series The Destroyer, uppercase this time, written mostly <laughs> by Warren Murphy and Richard Sapir. There are around 105 books, 150. This film's got action, adventure and comedy all in one neat little package. The training segment segments are righteous. Not a little package. It has a Korean martial arts master that watches soap operas and even has an explosion or two. I have nothing bad to say here. This movie isn't incredible. It's better than that. <laughs> ten out of ten. One star. And then Fuck there's the there's one more. Charlie sixty four says, "I'm giving it ten out of ten because at the time." In 1985, I thought this movie was so entertaining and so much fun. Nowadays, late 2010, it doesn't really stand up, but my memories are pure delight. <clears throat> 10 out of 10. That's what people think of this movie. We're not people. Yeah, obviously. This is, these are our reviews. No, these aren't our reviews. These are what we think the sequel should be. Somebody else. Oh, my. Anyway, that is what the sequels could have been. <sighs> what do we think the sequels should have been? Ashley, I know your sequel pitch is four pages long, yep. so let's get that out of the way, shall yeah, we? All right. 
Well, we've already mentioned that this film received a number of Academy nominations. A number being one. One, one and, is a and number. one Golden Globe. So, just me reading this out aloud, I'm so proud of this, should get me a nomination for Best Screenwriter. And also, I do want to say it's entirely uh, in-universe, so any racism is entirely on the for the film. So... So <laughs> you're writing. <laughs> I set I set it in the modern day, so we've got Fred Ward and Wilfred Brimley coming back. You're gonna bring Wilfred Brimley back from the dead, then, aren't you? You just an insulin shot into the coffin, should do it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, go on. I'm gonna, before this gets weird, it's called Remo Williams to Reality Check. So. Remo Williams is at home eating rice or kimchi or some shit. And he opens up a bottle of soju and he pours it onto a picture of Chun. And the picture is like black and white and it says, In Memoriam. And so Reno ke- Remo keeps pouring the soju onto it and he says, Here's to you, little father. Then we then get a quick cut and a snap zoom to Chun sitting cross-legged on top of a mountain. And he opens his eyes and directly addresses the audience. Ha ha, he think I dead, but I probably am mortal or some shit. Oh, he's shit. doing the accent. <laughs> <laughs> and they being very sneaky. <laughs> well, in for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> in universe. Now I get it. Back to Remo's house. And as he's, as he's eating his rice or kimchi or whatever, he hears a big commotion downstairs. And he rushes down and he finds Wilford Brimley in an electric wheelchair, <laughs> continually ramming against the stairs, going backing up and then backing, like going straight into the stairs again. And go, Remo, I need. I... He's a Holly now again. <laughs> Remo, I... <laughs> now I just think. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Remo, 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 I need, I need to talk to you. The government or the military are doing something. <laughs> and our, our secret organisation has to stop it, maybe, or just turn up to a place and, and then leave on a boat and call it a success. Wait, was, it, was, was our mission to steal a boat? And he goes, no, Emperor Smith. We had to go and run around the military base to, to show them we're not to be messed with or something. But I'm upstairs and you're downstairs, so how are we going to talk? And then the two look at each other and then Remo looks at the camera and then Wilf Brimley looks at the stairs, and then maybe he's just about to get up and cut! They're both upstairs! Wilford Brimley's still in his wheelchair! <laughs> They're now both staring at the camera. They know what they did, the little cock teasers. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, so the problem is that the government or the military or whoever are putting poison into one of every 10,000 frozen yogurts nationwide. And when Remo asks why, Wilfred Brimley just says that there are two people in the secret organisation, so obviously they can't just reveal that information. <laughs> now, now, boom, boom, we, we cut to the secret headquarters again, and Wilfred Brimley's back in his chair in front of his supercomputer. He goes, uh, I, Remo, my supercomputer will tell us where, where the tasty poisonous treats are. And then he, he pushes a button and an error comes up, and it says, AOL free trial has run out. <laughs> And he starts rummaging in drawers for an unused floppy disk. But, oh, no, he's all out of free trials. So I've got to go down to the supercomputer shop and get a new supercomputer. And then me, me, you know, it's good. You can't take it. Me, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, you go and try and eat all the frozen yogurt you can without getting poisoned because of your Asian magic mumbo jumbo. Okay. So uh, we see Wilford wheeling down to the store <laughs> in his electric wheelchair and the store that says Ferris wheel supercomputers and diehard Remo Williams fan will be all like, oh, yes, reference to the time when Remo was on a Ferris wheel. So Wilford Brimley talks to the man behind the counter and he soon comes to the realization that his old his old supercomputer was somewhat out of date. So he orders a new supercomputer as well as lessons for seniors. <laughs> Meanwhile, Remo is at the Froyo store and he's eating a lot, but he can't taste any poison. So he starts getting frustrated. <laughs> Were you on the toilet when you wrote this one? No. It took, okay. me, it took me about 45 minutes. I was sitting on the floor, just going, I got this. I can see him. I can see him with crayon in clenched fist. <laughs> on his belly, tongue sticking out. Bring it up in the air. It's really good. And then he eats all the frozen yogurt. And Turned he doesn't raise the poison. And then it's the government or the military or something and they have to steal a boat, probably. I'm sorry, continue. So he's getting frustrated. So he launches himself over the counter and starts beating the shit out of the server, telling him to suck wall. When the man keeps saying that, he doesn't know what Remo's talking about, Remo takes him outside so that there's more space to begin choking him to death. And then for some reason, the police turn up and tell him he's not allowed to do that for some reason. Political correctness gone mad. But he says it's okay and reveals that he used to be a cop too. And the real cops are like, there is nothing about that that we believe. And you'd probably just sit in a cop car eating burgers. And then Remo just blinks and kind of shuts down because he doesn't get it. <laughs> Cut to Wilford Brimley in a room full of seniors staring at computer screens. A man is pointing at a whiteboard with a drawing of a keyboard on it and he's patiently explaining what a shift key is. Wilford Brimley nods and takes notes because with this new knowledge he's sure to find out what the government or military or whatever are up to. Next door to this class is an anger management class where a woman is explaining to Remo how it's not okay to choke people out in public or anywhere. <laughs> and then he pretends to understand and focuses in his efforts on creeping on his female teacher, just as he was creeping on... Uh, Janeway. Janeway, yeah. Yeah. And now Wilford Brimley is learning about computer networks and how single machines can have multiple user profiles. And again, he nods and jots a note down. <laughs> now, back in... <laughs> Back in the room next door. <laughs> it's all just really clicked to my head. It's all just clicked to my head. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> back in the room next door, Remo's getting kicked out and told that he's not allowed back into anger management until he's completed a sexual harassment course. <laughs> and he steps through the door of, of the next classroom where the sexual harassment course is, but he hears a familiar voice. Women should stay at home and make boy children. As Remo shuts the door behind himself, the teacher turns around and smiles. Hero, Limo, my son. Freeze frame! Credits roll with them on a speedboat. They've saved the day! <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And then it's the police academy theme song. <laughs> well. I'll take my award now. I mean, let's not even bother, Dad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I... Hold on. I mean, does would... Wilford Brimley ever stand up? No. Good. <laughs> In universe. 
Oh. Admittedly, he must have stood up to get from the supercomputer chair to his electric wheelchair, no, but we'll never did. know. I don't believe he did. <laughs> Dan? So, what's the name of your movie? Oh, yeah. We should, yeah. I did say it. Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley? Oh, you yeah. did, yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Remo Williams 2 Reality Check. Remo. Because you, you can't have racism and sexism and strangling people in the street. That's Ashley's pitch. Remo Williams 2 Reality Check. Dan? I don't even think it's worth it. <laughs> like I, no fair play. Forfeit, forfeit. You can concede I, if you want to. I'm not sure what I have in me at the moment, to be honest, anymore. Okay, so uh, Rumor is tasked with taking out a famous politician who has been in cahoots with a foreign power to invade and overthrow the American government. I decided that they were Russians, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> at the same time, Janeway is investigating. Uh, nuclear weapons claims oh, of said back. foreign power. She's not court-martialed then? No, she's not court-martialed. Should have been. Too bad. And this, we go with nukes because nukes raise the stakes, you see. Yeah. yeah. Along the way, uh, I, I keep calling him Shen, but it's not Shen. 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 Um, he recruits someone new and he trains alongside Remo, teaching them both the value of teamwork. They also climb Mount Rushmore because <laughs> it's bigger than the the, the Eiffel. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Empire Eiffel Building <laughs> came from uh, France. Same thing, <laughs> isn't it? Okay, um, the foreign power is Russia, and they uh, get um, those crayons so, out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm, st- I'm breaking down. I'm breaking down. So I'm reading this because I just can't. Anyway, and so like they don't like being muscled in on, so they send. The Russian from The Punisher after Remo and his new teammate. And yes, it will be played by Kevin Nash again. Okay. Um, in the soap opera that Shun really likes, we didn't talk about that in the thingy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm glad we've got a follow-up to this. Yeah, yes, so yes. Jimmy, the kid who needed a wheelchair operation, turns out to be... A wheelchair operation? <laughs> you heard me. It's like what Wilfred Brimley has <laughs> to get him removed from the chair. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god, nurse, this poor child has brimleitis. He's been fused to his wheelchair. His wheelchair is broken in four places. Get him a new wheelchair, step! Okay, so. Wheelchair operation kid. Okay, so it turns out after the operation, he's gifted with supernatural powers. Shen is upset by this, but then it turns out that the it was just a dream, uh, which makes him more upset. <laughs> uh, big finish. Uh, they make the main bad guy die in an accident, which is 37 brutal stab wounds in the back. <laughs> Rima theme, the end. And what's it called? Uh, Rima 2 starts and beginnings. No, 2 starts and beginnings. Dan's pitch. Oh... I'm, well, I don't know why I've gone last because I can't live up to either of them. I feel emotionally spent. <laughs> Wait, here we go. Either way. So, Remo and Xian head to Korea to continue with Remo's training in Sinaju, whatever it was called. Sinjitsu? Sinanju. Sinantra. It was called. No, Remo and Xian head to Korea to continue with Remo's training in Sinanju. But hold up, y'all! Turns out Shion and Remo aren't the only practitioners left 
and they come under attack at the temple from a rival master and his students. It's essentially the B-plot of Ip Man, except the bad guys are also able to shapeshift into Remo's most deadly foe, doggies. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Remo can use Sinanju to mask his smell and stop his breathing so that they can't find him when they're in woofer form. The movie ends with a big old battle royale that's really slow and cumbersome because no one has martial arts training. And it's also really racist. And it's called Remo Williams and the Dogmen of the Orient. <laughs> Good. Brilliant. So, oh, that was... That was Remo... That was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> was it good for you? Uh, you mean a Ferris wheel? I am spent. <laughs> I tell you, it's cathartic what? almost getting that out. <laughs> what am I going to do with my life now? I don't you know what I'm supposed to do with myself. Take, if, if you're able to fund pill, my surely. pitch, please get in touch, <laughs> uh, listeners. You can find you can find our pitches. You can find the. Uh, Listeners, uh, you can find the poll to vote for your favourite sequel pitch on our Twitter. We're at Full Start Pod. Everybody, I mean, just vote for Ashley, obviously, is the obvious winner this week. We may as well concede now. But if you did like mine or Dan's, you can vote for us. Who well, cares? here we go. Last time I thought I was this far into like a full-on win was the Forrest Gump one. And I lost. Well, who knows? So, yeah, it could happen. I'll vote for you. People out there are cunts. They are, aren't they? <laughs> Especially you. Uh, as ever, you can find us on Twitter at Full Starts Pod. We're on Facebook as well, but no one ever really checks there these days, do they? What would the kids Tell your grand. Stuff? She's probably yeah, still on it. Nan's still on Facebook, isn't she? Nan loves Remo Williams. Uh, we are on YouTube if you want to listen to some old episodes that you can't actually get in the podcast feed. I'll put a link to that in the episode description here. I guess all that's left of the podcast now is to find out what we're watching mm -hmm. next time, Dan. Oh, yeah, it is time. And It is time. You fuckers made the mistake of giving me Christmas or giving me December. So, I mean, we could, like we could do a regular episode and a special Christmas episode. We are going to do a special Christmas episode. Oh fuck! Do we have to do two really? <laughs> yes, because it's Christmas, and it's a wonderful time of year. And so, for our full start, we're going to do "It's a Wonderful Life." Aren't you Jewish? <laughs> no. Are you sure? Pretty sure. <laughs> I still got my penis. <laughs> That's how it works, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, you give, you cut it into twelve portions and you package it out on twelve days of the year. Shanika, yeah. I'm sorry if you're Jewish. I'm so sorry. So, I don't remember much of Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights, but I'm pretty sure that was the plot. So we'll we'll look at It's a Wonderful Life because it turns out there was supposed to be. There was, yeah, the that. rest of the story, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, effectively, yeah. But it's we'll a go, wonderful we'll go life. Dot dot month. dot. The rest of the story. We will go into that next month. And for our special, I thought we'd... I was looking at a few Christmas movies we could we could look at. You've done one. You yeah. have done one. I did you Santa Claus. And I was no, gonna... but you've also done It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie. That could be our Christmas special. We Yay! don't need a second movie. We are. Yay! We are. Christmas time. Christmas and wine. We only Christmas have to watch one movie. Rhymes. Nope. We're watching two. So I was going to give you uh, Santa with Muscles, the Hulk Hogan movie. But no, I'm now going to give you Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. 
but I've already so seen a that. good 20 minutes of Santa with Muscles, so I could have just blagged it. Do you yeah. have proof that there was meant to be a sequel to Santa Claus versus the Martians? No, it's a Christmas special. It doesn't need one. Yes, it does. That no, is the doesn't. format of the fucking show. Not for specials. Yes, it is. No? Yes, it is. It, like, Santa Claus didn't have one. Yeah, did and that's anyway. your fault. <laughs> <laughs> but last year, Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 4 and 5 were meant to have them. That was a regular episode. It wasn't. It that was, was a Christmas special. Christmas specials. Yeah. We've got, we got Jimmy Stewart. We're going to dis- yeah. we're going to discuss this off mic, listeners. But, but it might not. It may very well not be Santa Claus versus the Martians. Keep an eye no, on no, our sorry. keep an eye on our socials. Conkers, you are going to watch it. The last time I did, we Christmas, may very well I, watch it, but we probably never, won't do I, an I episode you, on it. Hold on, hold on. Didn't on you? You did one. Christmas the first year. Yeah. I picked the Christmas special Home Alone last year. Ashley, it's your turn. I'll pick Jimmy Stewart vehicle. It's called It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> we're going to get through this off mic. Told you. We're this is the end of the podcast. Bye. Bye. Anakin is not a miraculous conception with midichlorians and the Force. Mm-hmm. Because what do we know of Watto? Jedi powers don't work on him. So he's obviously some sort of ultra-Force creation. Sure, right? sure, a higher power. And we know that humans, like the, the ratio of Jedis, there are more humans than other alien species. So humans probably have more midichlorian. And all the most powerful Jedi and Sith we know are human. Except for Darth Maul, fucking... Um, so Watto banged Shmi and if you've got two slaves right Mm -hmm. and then you get rid of them well number one you let the kid just play around your junkyard and make droids and shit and have fun like a slave child shouldn't (laughs) but (laughs) but you you send those kids away you sell his mum and then when he comes back later as a super powerful, evil like man with a lightsaber, <laughs> his first thought isn't, oh shit, he's going to do me in for how I was a slave and a bad man. No, it's like, Annie, my boy, you come home to me. <laughs> because he knows it's his boy. Uh, you ain't even at the best bit yet. And the <laughs> best bit is... Where'd you get the name Skywalker from? Unless your dad is someone who literally walks on the sky. Right. (laughs) It's a compelling theory, I'll give you that. We'll see if it comes to pass in December, eh? (laughs)